With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Managing Editor James Kleiman to talk about the shakeup at the top of the lender leaderboard, where wholesaler UWM has overtaken Rocket Mortgage to become the number one lender in the country. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Sarah. Thanks for being on. Boy, since last time we talked, we have had a lot of earnings calls, uh, and we now know where lenders are. And one of the biggest stories, I think, is the fact that UWM has taken over overtaken Rocket as far as market share. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, this is massive news in the industry. You know, Rocket has been number one for many years now. You know, they, they took the crown from Wells Fargo way back in the day. And, and I think they've held it since, I want to say like February of 2017. So we're, we're looking at almost six years that Rocket has been not even the number one, but like by far and away, the biggest table setter in mortgage and yeah, I remember writing you know stories about their IPO in 2020, and and asking the analysts, you know, where are they vulnerable? They look like such a monster in this market when refis are heavy, rates are low. I mean, they were cleaning up. They did something like one out of every ten refis went to Rocket. You know, like a, a massive, massive amount of business, and and they were just so far beyond anyone else. And I think they were better prepared for the pandemic and the conditions that arose than anybody else. And and so when I talked to the analyst and I said, where where does this not look so great, you know, maybe a few years into the future? And they all consistently told me they don't do as much purchase business as an investor would like. That is their kind of Achilles heel, if you will. And so you know, I always kept that in the back of my mind. And and when talking to folks at their arch rival <laughs> at this point, and, and really has been for many years, UWM, they, they all said, we feel like we have an opportunity now that interest rates are rising because our business model is really um, well-developed in, in capitalizing on purchase business because we're all broker and most brokers do a good amount of purchase business. They, they are in their communities with exceptions, right? There are definitely brokers who, uh, you know, just do refis and, and have their own system and sometimes their own proprietary tech platforms and, you know, and all that. But for the most part, you know, UWM is very close to those real estate partners. And so when, when folks at UWM told me early in the year, you might laugh, but we we feel really confident that we're going to potentially overtake Rocket this year. Uh, you know, I, I kind of chuckled like, uh-huh, okay, like, you know, that's that's great. You know, it's good that you're confident. It's it's good that you you think highly of your your business. And um, you know, I, I didn't really put as much stock into it maybe as I should have at the time. Um, because they ended up being right, you know, and and I think just as Rocket benefited maybe more than m- Anybody, you could argue, from uh, you know the conditions that that coalesced in the pandemic, 
you know, just the the incredible number of people who could save money with a refi and who didn't want to leave their house and who could do it relatively quickly and with relative ease, you know, on their smartphone in a lot of cases, right? Um, nobody was better positioned than Rocket for that environment. But similarly, I think they've probably fallen, um, at least in terms of mortgage originations, you know, maybe harder uh, than than I, I would have expected in the first quarter. But that being said, you know, Rocket is still, it's a good business. They they still originated $25.6 billion in the third quarter. And it's not really anywhere near UWM's market at this point, which was, I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but it was like 33 point something. But that's still a really good number, especially when you look at some of the, the competitors out there. I mean, looking at Loan Depot, which dropped under 10, and, and Loan Depot is now looking at as low as $4 billion in originations in the fourth quarter. You know, HomePoint was at $4 billion in the in the third quarter in origination volume, and, and they don't offer guidance uh, for the upcoming quarters, but um, you have to think that it's going to be lower than than $4 billion. And so, you know, it's it's really just kind of a stunning change in in the industry, you know, and and um and I think it's gonna make for really fascinating coverage over the next few years because I, I don't think there's any reason to think that UWM and Rocket won't start to pull away from a lot of others. You know, they have incredible cash positions. They have um a lot of strength right now. Um even Rocket, which, you know, again has, has not done as great in originations. Um but just they're they're in such a better position than a lot of their competitors that you could really see the scenario where they're one and two and by a big margin uh, for years to come. Right, and I I think you know this is this is what they want. They you know UWM has been very clear that they are looking for more market share and looking for more market share for them and for brokers. And I, I agree with you that I think it you know is surprising how fast that happened. Now they would say it's, you know it's not fast. They've been they've been working on this for years, but just looking at this year to see it overtake like that. What are some of the things I know that you've interviewed Matt Ishbia. You've also interviewed people at Rocket. What is uh, Matt Ishbia who leads UWM? What is, I know he had a game on, like he has a, this didn't happen by chance. There's a very, you know, a, a very strategic plan that he laid out and he's been following. Yeah. So UWM calls it the game on pricing initiative. And and what essentially what it is, is, is that UWM is slashing prices across all loans. And I believe it's between 50 and 100 basis points. And and they started this in June. And, um, you know, it, it, it became very quickly apparent that this was a very, um, very difficult strategy to contend with for their direct competitors. So Loan Depot decided that they they weren't even going to bother with with trying to compete in the wholesale space with UWM. So they they exited wholesale entirely in Q2, and pretty much every other lender is in maybe not a similar position. You know, I I, I do think that wholesale uh, still has quite a bit of viability, um, but they're all struggling to deal with that. You know, if if you are uh, selling bread for, uh, you know, a dollar fifty a loaf, and the 
the other grocery stores in the neighborhood are all selling the same bread at, you know, 225, 250 and you know, the bread probably cost a dollar 75, you know, whatever. Uh for you to to bring in, you can massively undercut your competitors if you are willing to take short-term losses or very tiny margins. And that's really what UWM is doing. You know, they're they're telling investors, they're telling uh, anyone <laughs> that that will listen in the channel, like we're doing this for the long term because we think that gaining market share right now is uh, much more critical for the future of our business and for the channel's health uh, than you know just sticking with whatever the the pricing would have been, uh, not doing this strategy. And so Rocket has struggled in the broker space and UWM, keep in mind, also, you know, did, did its sort of uh, ultimatum, uh, you know, quite a while back and, and basically told brokers, you can either work with us or Rocket. And, um, and, and Rocket definitely did lose a good number of brokers who were sending them quite a bit of business. And uh, UWM lost a few as well, but, but I think on the whole... It has been a successful strategy. UWM will tell you that it's, you know, it was about protecting like the sanctity of the broker channel and all that. And, and, uh, you know, there are, there are quite a few people who believe that, that it was really just, you know, a tactic to cut down a competitor at the knees. Uh, but, but the point being, you know, UWM has been really, really effective in the strategies that they've carried out in executing the plan and, uh, their investors have, so far as I can see, been pretty happy with with the performance. And you know, UWM has been averaging like $24 billion in purchase mortgages the last six or seven quarters. I mean, they're they're really doing very well in purchase business. And uh, you know, Matt, Matt Ishbia, he believes that UWM is going to control 50% of the wholesale market share. And and he thinks that the channel is going to grow even further, even though competitors like Loan Depot and, and others are exiting the channel entirely because they just, you know, they they can't make it work on those margins. You know, UWM can make money at like 50 basis points, um, but HomePoint can't, Loan Depot can't, Rocket can't, right? They're they might be the only one who can do it. So it's um it's it's an interesting strategy. You know, they're they're again on sale margins drop to I want to say it was like 52 basis points. And and just to give you a little bit more context there, the previous quarter, when rates were still relatively elevated, um, but it wasn't you know anything like what we're seeing now with rates in the, the sixes and sevens. Um, but the previous quarter, their, their margin was like 99 basis points. And uh, you know, to that point, UWM is willing to part with some of the cash. So they have about 800 million uh they had about 800 million in cash in the second quarter and that was compared to you know almost a billion the quarter before that and and about you know 950ish 950 million a year ago so you know they they don't think of it as dropping margins uh they think of it as an investment in the long term you know an investment in, in capturing market share that they don't intend to give up you know like rocket is starting to give up some market share uh, but UWM really believes that they can do this and, and they won't tell you when, when they're going to stop. So it's, it's really anyone's guess.
well, as to how long this continues. It, it's an investment that so far is paying off. I mean, it's doing exactly what they said it would do, which is, you know, squeeze out competitors and and gain their market share. And, you know, what we know about Matt Eshbia, as as many of the leaders of these large lenders is they do really play to win. I mean, they're not in this to to be second. He's been really clear about that for for years that he's, you know, he, he wasn't sitting on his lawyer la- laurels saying, oh, great, you know, we're a wholesale lender. Now we're number two. He's like, no, I want to be number one. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty aggressive character and, and he's, he's not going to shy away from a fight. You know, he loves, he loves, uh, scrapping and he feels good about UWM's position and he thinks that they're going to remain the top lender for, for quite some time. So, um, and, and, and that being said, you know, like everybody is losing to an extent in some ways, right? So, um, you know, origination expectations for UWM in the fourth quarter are going to drop from, again, they, they have like 33.5-ish uh, billion in the third quarter. They're going to drop to 19 and 26 billion, uh, most likely, you know, and they're, they're looking at gain on sale margins between maybe as low as 40 basis points. So, you know, it's all relative. Like nobody is is uh, exactly like lighting the world on fire in in the mortgage world because you know the same conditions affect everyone. It's just really the degree with which it affects you and and kind of the strategies that you put in place many months ago, uh, you know, and how well those insulate you when you no longer have you know fifty billion in origination volume lined up for that quarter. So it's also a time that that. You know, there's a real opportunity, and so a lot of lenders now have the opportunity to buy up smaller lenders or merge with with similarly sized competitors that, you know, are looking for a dance partner. So it's it's I think 2023 is going to be one of the crazier, more exciting, and and uh, more challenging years in probably the last two three decades. Which is saying something coming off of 2020, 2021 and 2022. I mean, like to, to top some of these, that's just, that's crazy. Well, what else are we seeing from um, the earnings call? So you mentioned HomePoint, you mentioned Loan Depot. Um, what else are we seeing? Yeah. So what we're seeing is is a lot of the same trends from 2022, uh, you know, the second quarter really, really started to widen, I, I think is a fair way to say it. Uh, in the third quarter. And so margins got much slimmer and a lot of companies laid off massive numbers of staffers. Uh, We know that new res shrunk pretty considerably. Uh, Loan Depot is much smaller than they were at the end of 2021. Uh, Home point, same thing. We know that freedom, which is not a publicly traded company, has laid off quite a few workers. We know that Rocket is is starting to shrink due to attrition and uh, kind of like coaching at low performers, which is a pretty common uh, strategy in in corporate America these days. So it's it's a lot of details about how they're reducing costs. That seems to be the major focus from the mortgage earnings calls because everybody's production is down. You know, like there are very very few lenders out there. There might be like you know two or three. In, in the top 50 that are doing more in business uh, sequentially from the second quarter um, and, and even from a year ago, right? So the name of the game in mortgage is, is you got to cut costs. You know, there are, there are only so many ways um, that you can make money. <laughs> you know, typically it's originating mortgages, right? 
you know, there are always some ancillary products and you can sell MSRs and, you know, there, there's, there are little ways around the margins that you can do it. Um, but the biggest, most important tool is, is the knife. And that's just cutting the ranks, uh, which is very difficult. You know, we, there are so many people in mortgage who've been working at the same lender for 10, 15, 20 years. And suddenly now, you know, after having survived 2018 and, and other difficult years, 2008, 2009, like here they are and, and they're, they're finally getting let go. And, and it's really, really difficult for a lot of those folks. And it started with the mortgage underwriters and the processors, because if you don't have files, you don't really have much for them to work on. And they're not going to be busy, you know, and, and, and you're paying them, right? Like, you know, th- these are salaried workers. And so they have largely already been let go. There are, of course, uh, probably thousands more that, that are going to get uh, pink slips at some point in the next, I'd say, probably three to six months. Um but now what you're starting to see is it's finally reaching the originators, the LOs. And and in I think most businesses, you know, the last people that you cut are your sales staff because they're the ones who bring in the revenue, right? And, and you don't have a business without revenue. And we're starting to see a lot more LOs let go. We're also seeing, interestingly enough, the high producing LOs are still very much in demand and they are the subject of recruiting wars and they are still getting signing bonuses here and there because they're the key, right? For a lot of these lenders to become a successful business if they're not currently, uh, you know, this is the way to do it. And, and so I think that's one of the more interesting dynamics out there. You're going to probably see tens of thousands more uh, LO jobs vanish in the next year. But the ones that are producing, you know, 25 units a month, 30, 50 units a month, they are going to be the subject of a lot of recruiting wars. And they're still going to be treated well by their lenders. And, and I think a lot of them have, should have a lot of questions to ask when they're getting recruited. You know, what, what kind of operation do you have set up for me? Can I succeed? Um, you know, what what sort of staff is going to exist when, you know, I have uh, a problem with one of the loans in the pipeline and I have a client who can't figure, you know, figure what's going on. Um, so it's, it's really going to be, uh, I think, a net benefit for a lot of the LOs that are professionals that do this every day, that have done this years on and and know how to survive right a really difficult market i i think you know uh bill conroy wrote an article this week called last night my uber driver was a loan officer that i think is just fantastic and it really goes into this because he really talks to people who are like here's how much is left to cut and it's a lot but you know he talks to different analysts who are like yes but um to your point, it's it's those lower producing LOs that really, if you get those out of the system, and you're you're left with the forty per, the the forty percent that do the eighty percent of of the business, those guys are rock stars and they're in a good position right now. Yeah, and so you know it's it's true of the the underwriting boom in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. It's also uh, 
true for uh, loan officers in 2020, 2021. There were a lot of them that were hired. There were a lot of them that became loan officers that weren't previous. And we're getting, we're already starting to approach 2019 levels uh, in, in terms of the workforce, you know, the headcount for loan officers. And uh, Garth Graham, who's uh, at Stratmore Group, which is, uh, you know, from they do a lot of MA advisory work in the mortgage industry, he believes that by year's end, the number of LOs will probably be down. 40 to 45 percent from 2021 and and he said and this is a great quote he said some 80 percent of the volume in our industry is done by about 40 percent of the los and so the bottom 20 percent of volume you know, that business that is handled by 60 percent of los this is the part that is not yet shown up in the layoffs and so he thinks there's not much volume at the bottom you know there, there are a lot of los out there who don't produce Many loans, you know, in, in a lot of cases, they work at call centers uh, or, or, you know, they were trainees and they're licensed, but they don't, they don't do much business. Uh, maybe there were processors who tried to transition into being a sales rep, you know, being an LO, uh, but they're not going to be worth a lot uh, to companies that are looking to cut costs. And, and so that's what we're starting to see. And so, you know, independent mortgage bank employment is going to get down to the pre-COVID levels, which is somewhere around the 300,000 range. And, um, you know, that that probably is going to require, when it's all said and done, around 150,000 jobs, give or take. And we're not, we're not close to there yet. So 2023 is going to be a real struggle for a lot of people. You know, we forget this is a people business, but there are, there are going to be so many more people who are out of work in the next year. And yet those businesses, once they do that, I mean, in any business, if you have, you know, a small percentage doing the the majority of your sales, that those are the guys you want to keep. And if you, I mean, as much as we hate to say, as much as, you know, you hate to think of people losing their jobs, but if you, if you cut the low performers and you're left with high performers, then, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Ultimately that's, that's kind of the health of the industry, right? You, you want to have uh, mortgage companies want to be lean. They because you know it also means more profit when times are good, um, and they do want to keep a certain number. You you need a certain number to keep operations humming along. You know if if you cut all the underwriters who actually know how to do the job, and you only keep on junior underwriters, maybe you don't make as much money, but um, you know don't have the experience to navigate uh, a challenging environment, and similarly maybe can't transition. Um, you know when when times are better, you know, you really have to find that balance. And, um, and that's also true of LOs, but, but for them, I, I think, you know, their performance is a lot more measurable, right? It's very simple. Did you originate a loan or did you not? Um, and that's, that's a little, <laughs> I guess, a, a little more um, clear a measuring stick right now. And so again, if, if you've been a professional LO and you're making uh 25, 30 units a month, you're fine. And you're going to be fine in 2023, probably. That's a great point. What what else is the newsroom working on that we should look forward to? Uh, as, as I mentioned, it's a pretty big week in terms of earnings calls. And uh, we're just kind of wrapping that up. So two that are coming today, Blend. We're, we're going to be looking very closely at Blend. You know, it's, it's a very interesting company. They are 
a real critical point in the overall mortgage market. And, and I think how a lot of people view um, the future of, of kind of technology in mortgage and um, for better and for worse, their business model was really that their wagon is hitched to mortgage. And, and so, you know, they pay based on the number of, of uh, you know, loans that actually go through. Right. And, um, and so business is down. How far down? We don't know yet. Um, but I suspect it's going to be uh, a really challenging quarter for blend. I think it's going to be even more difficult than Q4 when you know everyone expects to be 30% lower uh, than where they are in Q3. Uh, so we're, we're going to be cl- paying close attention to, uh, to what's going on there. And, uh, and then Compass, the largest real estate brokerage in America by volume, is, is going to be releasing their quarterly earnings today as well. And Compass famously is not making money, and uh, they have been heavily criticized for their approach. People think that they they just spend to to uh, to get to where they are, and um, and they've made a lot of cuts as well over the last few months. Um, but we don't know what what their outlook is for Q4 and for 2023. Um, but it's uh, it's you know always worth following the biggest uh, the biggest player in this space. Absolutely. Well, we're going to be looking forward to that. Any other features coming? Yeah, we've got two interesting, fun features coming over the next week. The first is we are looking at uh, really what what the analysts, what the experts think uh, is, is Rocket's near-term future. So how does Rocket manage 2023? We've already talked, of course, Sarah, about um, where they're they're you know a well-oiled machine and where they've you know hit some speed bumps. Uh, so we'll have a feature on that, and then uh, you know we're also looking into uh, margin compression and uh, getting a clearer sense of uh, just how much leaner do some of these companies need to be. And then we've got a, I think we'll find that there are going to be a few scoops. Over the next uh, few days, we we know of a, a fairly sizable um, M and A deal in in the mortgage space. So we've got uh, a top twenty player acquiring another good sized mortgage lender. I, I can't reveal details right now, but uh, but hopefully by the time that uh, that this this podcast is out, that news will have already been live. Um, and we we hear that there are a few other deals that are in process right now. So we'll, we'll have more on that as well. People need to keep checking back. That's some big news. And I agree with you that this whole week, and it feels like every day, there's just so much news happening. We're just in one of those cycles. It's not just the earnings. It's it's really in this uh, economy, what's happening and shaking out every day. So James, thanks for uh, stopping by today and really sharing this with us because we've got some uh, great news that you're newsroom is covering and also just great insights. It's not just, you know, what happened, but also the analysis and the long-term features. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, 
answers questions like these, and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.